0: Dali loved film. He'd grown up in the era of the cinema's birth and had been an avid film-goer since he was young. Dali also loved the idea of Hollywood with its razzle-dazzle and celebrity and of course its potential to reach vast international audiences. Dali had a background in filmmaking. He and his good friend Buñuel had made the films Un Chien Andalou and L'Age d'Or, both of which were notable for their brilliant experimentation and unconventional approach to filmmaking. But Hollywood was a different game, particularly during the 1940s, when the studio system was very firmly entrenched. The studio system was geared around making films that attained financial and popular success, and clearly in this system, intellectual and avant-garde ideals were going to be particularly vulnerable. Dali first visited Hollywood in 1937, and was thrilled by his experience. In a postcard to André Breton, he proclaimed, I'm in Hollywood where I've made contact with the three American surrealists, Harper Marx, Disney and Cecil B. DeMille. I believe I've intoxicated them suitably and hope that the possibilities for surrealism here will become a reality. Dali went on to befriend other Hollywood luminaries and made many attempts to work in Hollywood, including writing film scripts and scenarios and designing scenes for films. However, in most cases, the studios found his work too bizarre. Regardless, Dali forged on with his Hollywood dreams, including a plan to work with one of Dali's favourite comedians, Harpo Marx. Dali adored the curly-haired lunatic performer and described him as having a face of persuasive and triumphant madness. Dali started work on a surrealist script for the Marx Brothers with the eccentric working title Giraffes on Horseback Salad, which was an allegory, as Dali said, of the struggle between the world of convention and the world of imagination, in which it becomes impossible to judge which of the two worlds is more absurd than the other. With its wild descriptions of exploding and burning giraffes wearing gas masks, the studio judged it too crazy even for the Marx Brothers, and all that exist are manuscripts and some sketches of scenery and decor. In 1941, Dali came close to working on Fritz Lang's Moontide, for which he was hired to conceptualise a dream sequence. Dali envisioned a protagonist stumbling drunkenly through a confronting world of illusion and horror set in a brothel restaurant, a bedroom and a slaughterhouse. However, Dali's visions were not in line with the studio's ideas and the sequence was never filmed. One of Dali's memorable projects in Hollywood, which did go ahead, is the work he did for Alfred Hitchcock on the movie Spellbound. Hitchcock thought it made perfect sense to commission the surrealist artist to make a dream sequence to fit into a plot that revolved around Freudian notions of psychoanalysis and repressed memories. Hitchcock said, Dali's work is very solid and very sharp, with very long perspectives and black shadows. Dali was the best man for me to do the dreams, because that is what dreams should be. However, the tough and notoriously hands-on Hollywood producer David O. Selznick was not so enthusiastic about the idea and took some convincing. To Dali's shock, Selznick interfered with his ideas for Spellbound, starting with slashing his budget for the dream sequence from $150,000 to $20,000 artistically the most absurd compromise related to a scene in which Dali had envisioned ballroom dancers waltzing beneath a galaxy of grand pianos suspended from the ceiling. When he arrived on set, Dali found the pianos were replaced with miniatures and to comply with the new scale, the dancers were dwarfs. Mercifully, the scene was cut from the film. In 1946, Dali was commissioned by Walt Disney to work on Destino, a film based on a popular Mexican song. Dali had long admired Disney animations such as Silly Symphonies with their radically morphing and metamorphosing sequences. Dali worked closely with Disney animator John Hench and took full advantage of the medium. His protagonists undergo extreme transformations in a constantly morphing and shape-shifting world populated by telephones, strange monuments, menacing eyeballs and, most strangely, two turtles carrying grotesque effigies of Dali that came together to form a ballerina in the negative space between each other. In many ways, animation was the ideal medium for Dali to bring his double images, as imagined in his paranoic critical process, to life. Sadly, it was not until 2003, 14 years after Dali's death, that Walt Disney's nephew, Roy Disney, resurrected the movie. Despite the continual setbacks and compromises experienced by Dali through the 1940s in his adventures through the Hollywood studio system, Dali always kept his door open to Hollywood. However, by the 1950s, he had his sights firmly set on a new medium, television.